actually. Um, I love to ask this question of groups because hardly anybody ever says, you know, it was that time in seventh grade where I learned about John Murray's landing at Murray Grove. Oh, you missed it. (laughs) But mostly what we hear um, is about community. It's about connection. It's about love. We hear nature often. Um, In fact, I have my own holy sound right here. These are these are peepers. It's Peeper Sunday. Yeah, see. <laughs> in fact, there's a church in in New England that no, um, it's a it's a rule. If you're the first person to call in that you've heard peepers on the church answering machine, um, you get to hold the plaque for a year, and they call off whatever's happening that Sunday, and it's Peeper Sunday, and you know, um, so. Back to, back to our theme, though. Uh, it's about community, love, music, nature, art, history, um, and not that we want to discount um, learning factual things. And, but if we miss the boat on teaching our children the value of community and the value of nature and art and music, um, we're missing a really big part of their education. So I often feel that We've created this one-hour curriculum box on Sunday, and we think we have to live in it. But it's a box we created, and so give yourself some freedom. Okay. I'll scribe. Okay. Oh, that's okay. our Ari child. Um, <clears throat> back when my, my daughter was a senior in high school, she was doing one of these workshops uh, in our church, um, and a number of people said, oh, she's such a lovely, you have such a lovely daughter. Um, and she's so smart, and she really gets it. Um, what did you do? What's your secret? And my secret was that I ra- and, and I said my secret is that I raised her with all of you. Oh. Um, and, and really, that's, that's the truth. I mean, I think um, my, my um, daughter was five when I came to White Plains. <laughs> was five when I came to White Plains and, you know, she attended the RE program through her senior year in high school. Um, And I think that we gave her everything that she needed to go out into the world. Um, So our question is, let you ponder, to concentrate. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, Ethan is five. Is oh, Maya's five? Okay, so we're going to talk about Maya. Um, Maya's five, and what? She's she's five now, but she's going to go to college. In she's going to go to college in in just a couple of years. And what do we want her? to leave here with? What do we want her to know? Um, by time she's ready to go to college and graduate. We want her to feel like a whole Non-anxious. I'm sorry, I missed the last one because we were. Um, 
appreciate every day. Trust yourself. See the good in other people? Have a source for courage. Could you unpack that one a little bit? What do you think that person um, um, I guess a sense of faith that I have what I what I need in me to make it in this world, and that the world has what I need in it, if I can just find it. Okay. Maybe a, a, like almost just a sense of sufficiency. Mm -hmm. To know that there are many ways to Understanding of love, both loving and being loved. If there was a sense of fun up there somehow, humor. to convey to Maya, what would be in that book? A balance check. 
<laughs> Life skills, I'm with you. How to get information that you don't need to know facts and you do not have to get them. Mm -hmm. Good education is knowing how to find the answer. Correct. Mm -hmm. Ask horse grilling, that's all they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a good sense of history. I want to know about nutrition and health. Mm -hmm. Taking care of yourself physically. Knowing the difference between the why and the why on one side and the what and how on the other side. That's what you were going to say to people, right? Well, Judith Frediani, who's the director of lifespan space development at the EUA, says religion can reduce to three questions. What? So what? And now what? Gee, <laughs> oh, did great. they meet our minister? Because I think we have three servants with those exact titles. I think, I think they might have worked in the same building at one time. Am I right? Am I right? that I might have had offices three doors down from yeah. one another. <laughs> <laughs> Learning, learning about other people. You know, mm -hmm. I thought one of the one of the interesting one of the interesting uh, things that Obama said in his speech that loves segregate segregated morning and week Sunday morning. Right? And, and, uh, yeah. He might have stolen that from somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he admitted that. Talking about socializing with the children, 
if when we have coffee hour or even on Thursday night when we have community night, I'm normally sitting with one of the children. They happen to be Devin. And usually, it's a Jake that comes and I sit with them and his father on his deputy. history and look look back at what your resources are so we'll t we'll start with way back when before this space was was developed and there was space across the street you were the um, DRE there and how about before you before me mm -hmm. uh, it was just the um, seven families that were so we, so Did seven families. Seven families? Yeah. There were right. seven families that formed this fellowship. And, um, uh, uh -huh. um, I don't know when, okay. when we um, had a fully, fully formed Sunday school, we had about 60 kids. Um, this fellowship has gone through um, waxing and waning, mm -hmm. as I think many groups have. Um, we had people who were interested in doing the uh, Sunday school uh, who were not parents, who were parents of grown-up children. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember at that time that we had a purchased curriculum from the Unitarian Association. Um, I, 63 maybe, 63, 64. Um, I wrote a curriculum based on um, the holidays of the year and so we, we talked about those as the year went around. Um, and at that point, the, the, um, there were some curricula. They were selling some curriculum in a box. Um, right? uh, well, it was. It, this is. Uh, I had Sophia Fa's book, mm -hmm. um, and we took stories from that. Mm -hmm. um, What else can I tell you? Um, but there just seemed to be so many more children. I'm not quite sure. Um, at that point, I don't think our, our membership, I mean, we're what, 110, 120 families, pledging units? Adults. Adults. Mm -hmm. That's that's right. probably and, so. And sometimes you have to look at what's going on going socially on and politically us. around that people feel the need. There might not have been Sunday morning soccer practice. There was not Sunday morning soccer practice. Um, Although I think all the congregations could get together and maybe tone that down a little bit. <laughs> so all the churches, not just this one. That's what I mean. Right, right. Yeah. That's what we meant. Oh. And then after that, so we're we're through. We're going through the '60s, and what's the next big thing that happened? That was what? That was in Ripwall. Then they built this building, and I left. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Do we know? Um. Mm hmm. We. Um, had at least one minister that created a great deal of anger 
and, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people left. And when this building was uh, built, and I think the uh, number of people in the congregation was very small uh, for a while. Um, and I don't know what happened to the RE curriculum. I know that one of my angers was that there was no Sunday school space. It was <laughs> not as if Sunday school didn't count. And um, I feel Sunday school is probably the most important part of the, of the church. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where you get your, this is where you lay the foundation. Uh, my kids all went through the, the Sunday school. Uh, I have one that's still a Unitarian and very active in her church. One that married a Haitian and they've run fast from churches. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, and I have one that's uh, uh, an Episcopalian. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great variety. What about the Haitian one? Nothing, nothing. Uh, they come occasionally to church with me uh, just because I'm Grammy. Okay, so what's the next thing we can remember? What's the theory in, in chronological terms? Several in between me and Nancy. Do you want to just say their names out loud so we can acknowledge them? Well, I came to the congregation in like 1986. Um, so there's like 20 years of a gap there that I don't know that I can fill in. But um, up to that point, these have all been volunteer DREs. Um, I think we had a first paid professional DRE, um, what, just in the last? Right, she was our first one, so I don't, and that was probably in, um, like, in the 90s, like, 91 or something like that, like, 94. Right. Right, right. So during, from probably what I know is, I mean, we've always had um, volunteer DREs. And um, when I joined the congregation in 86, we had a very large RE committee. In fact, at that point, the RE committee in included adult RE. So we had probably 12 people on the committee, and we had specific people on the committee that was in charge of adult RE, and we were the big umbrella for every, you know, really lifespan RE. And then um, I think membership dropped, or somehow RE had to prioritize, and we made a decision that we had to prioritize to work with the children. And at for whatever reason, the person who was doing the adult RE dropped off the committee, and we couldn't do it all. So the RE committee then became focused on the children's RE. And then later on, at some point, that was picked up again as a total different committee as adult programs. Um, back, back in 1986, RE included lifespan religious education. Um, and we've had, you know, even with our professional DREs from 86 until now, the maximum we had when Alice DeNormandy was here, and we had like 100 children, and we were back across the street and had um, two classes, two or three classes in the building, plus probably three or four classes across the street, and we had 100 children as part of our program from infant to high school. Um, and multiple classes and renting a bus and going across the street. Mm -hmm. So we have still continue to have ups and downs over the last 10 years. Yeah, I think it was like 96 or 90. She was here when Liz Lerner was here. Yeah. Something yeah, like 90, that. yeah, probably 97. She was here when Scott was a baby. He was born in 97. Right, because that's, that's about the time when I was doing DRE work for White Plains is when Alice was here. Yeah. And we used to meet. Mm -hmm. And I heard about you bringing kids across the street in buses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I got it easy. <laughs>
So a lot of our ups and downs, I know when we had our startup with Michael and did the history of our congregation, I think the RE program models a lot of our ups and downs with the congregational you know, membership. Obviously, that's what influences um, how many kids we have in RE, but um, you know, I think it's interesting your perception of how we welcome children into our worship room and Nan going back and talking a little bit about the history of this building. From what I understand, there was supposed to be a second floor to this sanctuary, which was supposed to house RE programs. And when money ran out, they eliminated the second floor, eliminating the space for RE. So since 50 years ago when this building was built, we still struggle with our RE space and what we have for children to our current space, which we've always have rented out to nurseries um, in the area, which we need to do to subsidize um, our budget here. But this, if you were to go in our space back there, that's not our space. That's somebody else's space. And to say we're allowed to use it on a Sunday morning is almost... I don't think our children feel welcomed even in that space on Sunday morning. In fact, we announce on Sunday morning, please don't allow your children in that space unless you have an adult with you. So they're not even encouraged or welcome back in that space. Well, one thing before you go on, and, and, I, and Andrew can also speak to this, um, I've heard the same exact story in Staten Island, in Stanford, White Plains, um, all different sized churches, not just small, not just large. Um, it's almost identical every time we do this. So you're normal. <laughs> um, as, as far as, you know, it's starting. You starts know, with family. A, a, a family. And lots of kids, no kids, bring adults, RE in, children, and the committee changing, anger, no Sunday school, school space. When a new building is built, everything falls apart. Frequently, right? the RE space <laughs> is the second phase, and congregations frequently don't get there, and it, that's, a, right. that's a continuing disappointment. Yeah. Um, this shared space issues, in order for a congregation to survive, you need to rent out your space, and there's a lot of issues with this. And, and the, the day the nursery school leaves is sometimes the happiest DRE day ever because you get you feel like you own your space again. Absolutely. One time um, we, we had a high school in White Plains in our congregation, so not only was the space used by a high school, the desks were big, and so now we had little, little <laughs> five-year-olds and they were in these big high schooler desks, and there were all kinds of issues. And so they, we finally were able to break free of them, um, and we were very excited. And our minister at the time says, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter, just the fingerprints are in different areas. Because <laughs> we were saying, our oh, nursery school would be better because it's the same furniture, and she said, it doesn't matter, the fingerprints are just, and I was like, that is such a horrible thing to say, but it's really true. It really is true. What's the last name? The, Schneider. What's her first name? Lori. Oh. I mean, we've had multiple volunteer DREs. Pat, Pat Compton, and Donna. I think one of the continuing challenges is that it's. Even a small program is really hard to run on 10 hours a week. And um, 
Do you currently have um, bylaws or policies that prohibit you from hiring members? We have a policy. Okay. So sometimes for smaller congregations, it's often, you know, looking to your membership is a, a good place to look because you have people who will overlook the small salary and the small hours because they have such a strong commitment to the congregation. But as congregations grow frequently, they they prefer to look outside. It's it's hard to hire a member. It's hard to fire one. Uh, the member loses their pastoral relationship with the minister, and it's not quite the same kind of member. You can't speak out as easily on issues that you care about. So um, it's sort of like a it's a tricky balance about where to find someone to staff the position if you're not hiring members. Uh, frequently, you can steal one from other congregations. Um, Hastings on Hudson stole John Cavallaro from White Plains, and he's now there. Is he more than halftime? I don't think so. About halftime DRE over in Hastings on Hudson. Um, and does he still go to the other side? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's still a member at White Plains and still pretty active, yeah. Not as much, of Not course. Not as much as I'd like. <laughs> very hard because, you know, even if we're saying, if you were to ask him your half, right, and they'd say, it's, it, it's whatever you just said is doubled. So, you know, if we're talking 10 hours, it's really 20 hours. Um, and he would probably say the same thing, I don't know, but it's always double. In this program, Patty? I'd have to refer to the teachers because I don't have active uh, registration right now for our program. Gail, how many kids do we have in your class? Six in the fifth through seventh grade. Okay, let's, well, let's, we. We probably have about a dozen kids that are. Let's talk about your groups. There's preschool, nursery, I guess. Nursery and preschool are together. What I saw, and and so I heard a youth advisor. So do we have a youth group? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are your numbers, um, in general? I mean, it doesn't have to be specific. Uh, for fifth through seventh, I would say six. Tops. Mm-hmm. Your nursery and preschool. participate in any district programming? Your older youth? Do they go to we're taking we're taking a group a few kids to the junior youth prom in Super. two weeks. And I'm gonna take whoever wants to go to the shelter rock mm-hmm. prom in June. Good. Good. If you add that up, it's 38. It's pretty good. And when I came to White Plains in um, 92, 93, 
I think we had 50. Mm -hmm. you know. How many have you now? Over 200. Well, we have bigger eight. space, uh -huh. um, but, but we had 50. How many members do what? Um, you know, that, I, I don't really come out of the classroom, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Two fifty three hundred, yeah, something like that. Um, we got a great new ministry. You can get that big pretty fast. We have this up in its thirty eight, but it's exceedingly rare. Yeah. Right. Anywhere even close to that number of young people here, exceedingly rare. And there are lots of things, you know, going on in their lives that interfere. One of the things. Like me and Alan Smith, who has a sixth grader. And Vicki and Barb. And Jesus. If I knew the right place to lobby, I would lobby for community night to be on a Friday night. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Then we could go. Sorry. We're both too. We're both too. It's tough. Well, it might be a both and. We've had some some reflection here for the tape. Um, that community night, not many families go. It's cited. It's a big homework night. It's on a Wednesday? Thursday, Thursday night, sorry. And um, another offer that perhaps it happened on a, a weekend night uh, that it might make it accessible for more families. But you could have both. Uh, you could have regular game nights um, on weekend nights that people just come and socialize, fellowship. No excuse too small for a party. It's one of my mottos. <laughs> and so you have how many members on your RE committee? And do any of you feel coerced? Or are you good? Yeah, seven members, and some of you are feeling a little overworked. Two very good last month. If they miss a meeting, they could get to be chair. That's how I got. To, that's how I got to be RE chair my first time. I didn't go to the meeting. Yeah. Even though the people who are on the committee enjoy being there and are committed to the program, um, people do feel maxed out and um, Patty stepped up to be the chair of the committee uh, and so you ask is anyone coerced I wouldn't say that necessarily I, I can't won't speak for you but um, I think that the leadership um, is you know having people who feel oh yes I want to be the chair um, and not, I have to be the chair <laughs> um, because no one else is going to be the chair and I have this experience um, or everyone's just looking at me, and <laughs> do we still I say yes, 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 okay? Uh, I think that that's tough. So, well, Patty, a formal thank you. And I mean, right now the RE committee has also been the teacher. So our RE committee has been working very, very, very hard this year. Every person on the RE committee is also in the classroom teaching. Um, I think that's why some of them aren't even being able to commit to being here today because they really have been in the classrooms almost every Sunday since we started in September. Um, and this is now their baseball season or their sports season and um, are taking some time off. But um, it's, people are doing double duty. They're teaching. They're on the RE committee. They're doing a lot. They have a very hardworking committee right now. Katie Walsh, who's 
Do you think it's um, more useful, Patty, for us to spend time on models of your RE structure and leadership or models of religious education instruction to children? What would you like to hear about more? Um, both. both. Okay, <laughs> well, in 20 minutes. Um, so right now you have... You have two large multi-age classes. Large, large age span is what I mean. Four grades. Yeah, I, mean, I think we have a structure. I mean, we're not asking any parent to teach more than four or five Sundays the whole year. Um, so in a way, I think we've got a good structure in place. I think some people on the committee want to know, you know, is that the best structure? Is there something else that could, is working better for other congregations? Um, but certainly our, our leadership even though we have people on the committee. Um, I'm only committed to being the chair till the end of this year, and there's not even been anybody to step up to be co-chair. In the last two years, we've not had anybody to step up to be co-chair, let alone be able to chair the committee. So, you know, this summer in August, we could potentially have no DRE and no chair no co-chair for the leadership of this program. Well, I'm glad the new people left. <laughs> um, so what I see is maybe three alternatives, and, and brainstorm more if you can think of them. One is that um, you continue as you have been going with a totally volunteer program. Another one is that you advertise and find a 10-hour-a-week um, whether or not they could already be trained and found, I'm not sure, but uh, someone that you could make sure there was some money in the budget f to send them to some training, especially basic RE administration training, would be very helpful. Um, and the third is that you contract with an experienced person who would not be here for you on Sunday, but who could meet with your committee and help give you some structure to continue your volunteer program. You bet. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, could, it could be anything you want it to be. Right. Um, yeah, something that, that you could do maybe until you find someone that you like enough to commit enough funds to train them that hopefully they'll grow with you. Um, usually what happens if a congregation hires a 10-hour-a-week DRE and they're good and they're getting basic education is somebody some larger congregation who needs a half-time DRE is possibly going to hire them away from you. And then the half-time person gets hired away by a full-time position. And so we can, it's like baseball. It's like the minor leagues. Um, the other, there's another option. Um, there's another option. And, and it, it's not a wonderful option, but we were faced with this in White Plains, is to um, pay... Um, no, to pay an unexperienced person um, to do some of the things, uh, the nuts and bolts type of things. You know, so one time in White Plains we found someone who was a member of another congregation, was a teacher in a multi-age um, classroom in another congregation that was small, um, who wanted to kind of become a little more involved. You know, we had put ads in all different types of papers. They didn't need, necessarily need to be Unitarian. Um, and that person that we hired, although, you know, she, I don't think she really said she was, felt she was Unitarian, by the end of her work with us, she definitely was. Um, so, you know, the, there's... Um, so that's another. So option. it's almost like you could hire a coordinator. A coordinator that's that would really maybe was. grow into becoming to a director. Not. Right. person mm -hmm. and and that's something that we would pay for what would that experienced person bring to the table well the, the, it depends on what you want we're working on that today um, but it 
the experienced person. Yeah. Uh, I would, would think what number is one is that we're going to review your 10-hour um, proposal that's on the table, but if you were just contracting with someone to be your consultant, they would bring knowledge of a curriculum, both UU and uh, non-UUA published. They would bring knowledge of developmental ages and stages of children so that you could appropriately program for them. They could help you organize. They could help you organize. But I'd actually be there on Sunday because likely this person is going to be a paid religious educator at another institution. Definitely we can, I mean, Janice can come and run your teacher organization, uh, orientation. Um, they would know things about administration so they could help you design and your forms and get your registration in order. I have a question. Who was it, Lisa, was it you who was writing a new curricula, curriculum for somebody? Wasn't somebody here, one of the congregants, writing curriculum for the Sunday school a couple years ago? Well, she did yeah, at the time. Yeah, but that was Way years back. ago. Yeah. And right now, the UUA is um, in the process of writing curricula from early, early ages on up that are going to be downloadable, free, and you can modify them. So um, I think already, that will be... I, I there's some already. Them. Where did all the curriculum go? And it, the website is very new, uh, very different. Um, and they already have some, and I was like, yeah. so impressed. Um, so the job description as um, sent to me is for 10 hours a week, and an estimated three hours a week would be planning and preparing curricula, um, and that would include doing the teacher training and orientation in the fall, monitoring the use of curricula where each class is, and keep teacher informed of which lesson they are going to teach, uh, answer questions and offer support in using the curricula, work with the Religious Education Committee to evaluate and get feedback from teachers, parents, and the committee on this year's program, Plan for next year's program. An estimated two hours a week supporting the RE volunteers, speaking to the teachers, uh, collecting class attendance, monitoring absences, greeting new visitors, feedback on how things are going, communicating with the Religious Education Committee, follow up on their roles, work with the chair on meeting agenda, on ongoing communication with teachers, parents, and volunteers, and recognition and appreciation of volunteer contributions. Meeting with the RE committee administer one hour a week average. Um, RE records, maintaining RE records and writing monthly reports, an average of one hour a week. Developing presenting worship for children, an average of one hour a week. And pursuing professional growth, an average of one hour a week. And attending district and local meetings, also an average of one hour a week. That, a, that sounds like a full-time job. <laughs> that to my husband this morning. <laughs> right, right. I mean, when Lori left, we looked at that to figure out how, the, as a committee, we could continue to maintain that, except for the, um, you know, doing professional development and stuff like that. We've not been doing that. But now we have class coordinators that are coordinating the whole curriculum and in charge of talking to teachers and making sure we have teachers um, in classrooms and how well it's going, you know, uh, how much of a follow-up there is. There's really not a whole lot of follow-up, I don't think. Like, how did your class go and how's the curriculum going? Because you have, you know, two people coordinating each class and, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of information. So, I mean, we're just maintaining ourselves right now. We actually... You know, at one point, we're looking at if we could continue, can continue the program this year. And again, because we have committed committee members that are committed to being here for their children, they're maintaining the program. If we didn't have committed committee members, the program would be in serious um, 
problems right now and wouldn't exist. I just have a question. I was wondering if there are any congregations that you guys know of who, and I'm just just sort of blurting this out, um, where the kids stay in the sun in the worship room for the whole service, and then they have Sunday school after the service. Yeah, I was just wondering though. Some somehow I um, my first two congregations, um, we actually had religious education first, and then we had worship. And actually, I really loved it as a model because we could also have adult education at the same time as the children's. And then the the children did come out of the service after we were all in for 20 minutes or so, but they went to activities. So it could be different volunteers every week. Uh, You know, it, it didn't have to be the people missing worship. And so we actually found it easier to get volunteers because they knew they could also worship as well as teach. Um, But it's easier in a a place where you have space for children to go have activities um, than in many northern, these were southern congregations. We could even, actually, we played soccer. That was one of the draws to get my children to churches. They knew they could play soccer. Uh, They did. After they had RE and after everybody went to church, they went outside and played soccer. Um, you're, you're not saying like a model where kids are in the service, the full service every week? No, uh, that was not my model. That we had religious education at a separate hour than worship. You, are you familiar with, it's hard to imagine, frankly, these congregations having the kids in the service? Well, there are congregations who have done that. Last year at General Assembly, there was a program about a congregation who had to do that because of a, a, a space. Why it's hard to imagine.